It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. All right. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. You can also listen on the iHeartRadio app. And if you download that app and punch in our coordinates, 1065 ELMNTFM or 957 ELMNTFM, you can take us with you anywhere you go. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the show Aboriginal Multimedia Society of Alberta founder and CEO Bert Crowfoot, AMSA as it is more commonly known. And they uh, recently launched a radio station, The Raven, and we had Bert on the show to talk about that. Now that was back in uh, February, was that Bert? February the 1st. Yeah, and so congratulations once again on The Raven. Um, now, <laughs> a few short months later, and guess what? We're back here to talk about yet another announcement and another radio station uh, that you have launched, which I love, Cousin Radio. And uh, what a great name, first of all. So congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's been an exciting way to work through the pandemic and mm. uh so anyway now what's really interesting is because the raven partly contributed to this new station being launched correct right um what happened was we um put a call out for music for the raven uh the uh, raven is our other edmonton station mm-hmm. uh the other one is cfw it's a country station yep CJW in Southern Alberta is a country station, but it's uh, kind of like the Southern half of the province for, for CFWE. Mm. We launched the Raven in February and it was, uh, as I, as I call it, anything but country. <laughs> and so we've got blues, hip hop, rock, pop, uh, you know, um, and that sort of stuff. And we've had, you know, believe it or not, we've had an awesome feedback on the Raven. Uh, mm. Everybody loves it. We have a show at noon called the Retro Diner, all fifties music, and mm. uh, and it's the people that are loving it around Edmonton is <coughs> uh, Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. Right, <coughs> they uh, they're just loving the music. They say it's not the, not what they hear on the other stations, and it's something different. Uh, my uh, uh, program director and his daughter went out to a uh, event on Canada Day, and she wore her. Raven T-shirt and the number of non-Indigenous people as well as Indigenous people came up to her and said, man, I love the station. I love the music. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm also learning to speak a little bit of Cree or, or Dene or or uh, Blackfoot. Mm. We have language on the, on, mm-hmm. the, on the Raven. So, but what we did is we put a call out for the, uh, for music for the Raven. Yeah. And what happened was we got hundreds of submissions from, uh, different artists from all across uh, North America, indigenous artists. So we've been kind of, we had, we've had internet radio before, but it was more or less just like a jukebox. But what we found out, well, let's not treat it like a jukebox. Let's treat it like a regular radio station. So it's got its own uh, wide orbit. It's got its own music master. It's got everything else that the other three radio stations have, except it doesn't have a transmitter a tower and a uh, antennas, you know, it's mm. no terrestrial signal. Mm-hmm. It's only, it's only on the internet. 
And I believe that down the road, the future of, of radio technology is going to change. And, you know, we look at how far it's come. You know, you look at the availability of, of satellite and, and the coverage area of satellite. And you look at uh, a lot of different um, technology. And I, I believe that there is going to be like terrestrial signals will be obsolete in say 70 years. So we're, we're looking at, uh, at something developing something that can be relevant in uh, four to five to six years. So we, we came up with a concept. We had all this music and from indigenous artists. So we said, well, let's, let's put something together, uh, a native, a hundred percent indigenous music radio station. And the, rather than, you know, your, your, area that you're covering is usually uh, a town or province, uh, a certain region, but this thing will cover, this thing will cover us right across Canada uh, and, and the United States where native people are always calling ourselves cousins. Hey bro. Hey cousin. <laughs> hey auntie. Hey, you know, yeah, uncle yeah, and yeah. that sort of stuff. So yeah. we decided, well, let's have fun with this. So, Hey cousin, you know, so <laughs> we we called it cousin radio, and the response we've had from people has it's only been out for about a week, but it's been amazing. The biggest question is how do I get it? How how do yeah. I download it? Yeah, you go to the app store, right, and, and look up cousin C U Z I N radio, mm-hmm. and just download it to your uh, to your desktop or your mm-hmm. uh, handheld device. It's available in both uh, Apple and uh, Android, and away you go. Mm. Um, when I'm driving, I I switch my uh, audio system over to Bluetooth, and I I listen to Cousin when I'm driving around. So you can do it that way, yeah. uh, or I listen to it on my desktop at at work. Yeah, and so yeah, it's uh, I'm really pleased with it. Now you you mentioned a couple of things there that you've already uh mentioned that you how you're using it for instance you mentioned how terrestrial radio is going to be changing and uh, i agree uh let's look just la- back at the last year and how covid impacted all of us and how it changed the way we communicate uh we are actually doing something right now uh bert that you know maybe a year ago a year and a half ago we might not have been doing we would have been doing this over the phone or you know if you were traveling into toronto area maybe you would have come into the station you know and we wouldn't been doing it that way but now everything is online and you you also mentioned this idea about that pocket that terrestrial stations uh you know sort of uh, I gravitate to because that's their market area. But now on the internet, the, the world's your market. Exactly. And uh, we haven't really tapped into the uh, the advertising side of this, mm-hmm. but I've had some interest from national accounts that are, you know, keeping an eye on this thing. When we launched the Raven, uh, what we did was we gave two weeks free advertising to all our national clients and, on the Raven, mm-hmm. and and that was a, a really good move on our part because now uh, the Raven is quickly becoming one of our our. Uh, it's been very successful on the advertising side. Mm. It's uh, it's more than paying its own way, Great. and so uh, that was a good that was a good thing. The other yeah. thing is um, with uh, with COVID, as you said, dealing with technology. Uh, with with uh, 
the Raven, we had one of our DJs who was out on holidays uh, out, out at the lake, and he was coming back, and he had uh, some issues with his uh, vehicle. And he so here he was sitting on the side of the road uh, doing his uh, afternoon drive off his laptop <laughs> with the lake in the background and birds singing and, and everything else. And so, you know, he got his, he got the job done. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it was amazing because you couldn't tell other yeah. than hearing birds chirping. Right. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that are available that we can do now is people can, uh, they can uh, voice track their shows off their phones. They can voice track off of uh, zoom like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or, uh, in some cases, uh, some of our hosts, uh, have their own um, uh, studios at home and they actually prep their show and send it yeah. in to us from there. Uh, so that's what Raven is doing. It's a lot of, uh, 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 we have two halftime people and mm-hmm. the rest is all uh, the other members of Windspeaker Radio, CJF, CJWE and, and CFWE are also contributing to that. But with uh, with this new cousin radio, it's actually pretty exciting because we've expanded the number of hosts that are going to be part of this. Mm. For example, we have Banshee uh, Hanus yep. from Bella Bella, British Columbia, and she's uh, hosting a folk music block. Uh, cousin is everything. Mm-hmm. It's rock, it's pop, it's hip-hop, it's blues, it's, uh, we call it Aboriginal voices Mm -hmm. or Indigenous voices, Mm -hmm. uh, not Aboriginal, Indigenous voices. Yep. So we've got Inuit throat singing, we've got uh, songs from Arizona, we've got powwows, we have powwow as part of that. Uh, every genre that is, uh, we have representation. So Banshee's doing a hip uh a uh, folk block mm. uh, for us yeah we've also got paul from manitoba who's doing a hip-hop uh show for us uh, we just got off the phone with a fellow from quebec city and he's doing an inu hour show uh with inu music uh, inu language programming uh a combination of french and and, and inu and so that's that's going to be really exciting. I uh, talked with a guy from Warm Springs, Oregon, and they're really interested in contributing in their language as well, uh, as well as uh, one of the blocks. So we've got two-hour blocks, one-hour block, three-hour block of, uh, of music, depending, and it changes throughout the day. Mm. So you go to our app, you look at the schedule, and you'll see country in the morning, uh, blues in the evening, hip-hop in the evening, and it just rotates. Each day is different, so you have to look and see what's coming up. Right. Uh, Bert, are any of the any of the DJs doing their shows live, or are, are they all voice-tracking? Uh, everything is voice-tracked for, yep. the, for Cousin. Yep. Um, and like I said, the two breaks an hour, and mm-hmm. if it's a two-hour block, they'll do their uh, uh, four breaks. They they get a printout of all the music that's that's right. on during their show, so they they can uh, talk about that. We've also got language splitters in Navajo, mm-hmm. in uh, Blackfoot, Cree, uh, Nakota Sioux, uh, Dene. 
and we're adding a lot of language programming. Uh, I talked to a guy from uh, the Kwakwakwo uh, people on Vancouver Island, and they'll be contributing some of their voices. Uh, talked to some people in uh, in uh, Arizona. We got the Navajo, and, and there's Hopi people interested in adding their voices to this. Uh, so it's 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 taken off. It's something that I I wasn't sure about, but I tell you, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, as you should be. I think this is pretty, very interesting in terms of how the future of radio, uh, you've mentioned this, uh, you know, in talking about the radio station already, uh, Cousin Radio, being it the fact that it's online, and how this might uh, change things going forward. You know, I, I, not only can I he- see and hear how it may impact uh, radio in the future, but also the hiring of employees, because <laughs> you've already mentioned this. I know we, we did this a little bit at our station as well, where we brought in people uh, for voice tracking shows in other parts of the pro- you know, other uh, provinces. Uh, you're doing the same. How do you think this might impact that idea of employment for uh, staff in the future? Um, most people have other jobs that they work at. Mm-hmm. And so for them to put together a show would take them, you know, I mean, you're, you're basically talking 30 to one minute spots mm-hmm. twice an hour times mm-hmm. however long your block is. Right. <laughs> so they, uh, I would say take them anywhere from a half hour to an hour to do that. Mm-hmm. They submit it. Uh, we, it runs, we pay them uh, via uh, online banking, so mm-hmm. they're paid uh, almost immediately. Yeah, and uh, and and so it's like I said, there's we've got a lot of uh, Pookie G, who's a hip hop artist. She's on with hip hop at night. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a uh, all of our staff want to be part of this, so they've all got a show in here somewhere. My, you know, Sandra's doing a rock show, and mm. Jeremy. Cousin Jeremy's actually, that's his nickname, and anti, um, uh, <laughs> talk about COVID memory here, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then plus old man memory as well, mm. but uh, Candace Ryan, mm. uh, anti Candace is what she's been calling herself, and, and they do a, a morning three-hour uh, country show, we've, we've got a new guy who's just starting actually started this morning and he's taken over that country show they did it for the first week so uh lots of lots of voices lots of uh content from from all over canada soon to be u.s yeah that that's wonderful so going back to the idea that this came out of the fact that you started to get this influx of of Indigenous artists' music from across Turtle Island uh, when you you put the call out through Raven Radio. Uh, just before we go any further, uh, Bert, do you mind, can you mute your computer? I'm getting a lot um, of... I that... keep hearing that beep as well. Yeah. Um, I can mute the computer, but it would probably mute... You, your sound or as well? Okay, don't worry about it. Well, yeah. No worries. Um, so, so, so anyway, uh, I guess, that the, can you give me some idea of, of how much music rolled in from the call out to Raven? We had, I would say, 250 uh, uh, songs mm. and, and building. Uh, mm. We actually have a, uh, 
an email for music submissions, yes. and it's music at windspeakermedia.com. Okay. And anybody who wishes to send in their uh, their music, that's the place to send it. And I'll repeat that again. Music at windspeakermedia.com. And uh, there is no promise that we would play your music because it has to meet certain standards. Yep. And and so if the production values are good, and and then we just drop them right in. Mm. But uh, we, you know, we. So the production values have to be there. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I guess the other thing that I now think about with this is because you started uh, Cousin Radio uh, out of a call that you had from Raven because of the amount of music that you were receiving. The other side of that is that you you found gaps, even though you were opening up uh, some of that opportunity for new musicians to get played on the air, that you still found some artists that either fell through the cracks or that you just uh, they just didn't fit into some of the categories you were looking at. So this gives the indigenous artists an opportunity to get their music played in a, in a much wider format now because you're featuring so many things in this block programming. Yeah, when with um, with our first two stations, CFWE, CJWE, uh, our our format was country, and we kind of stayed with the classic country as opposed to the newer country because mm-hmm. there's other stations playing newer country. Right, and that's been really successful for us. When we started the Raven, we said everything but country, uh, but it's all mainstream artists, and there, it's a mm-hmm. mix of mm-hmm. of everything, right? But we wanted to make sure there was some indigenous uh, uh, participation in that. And when we saw the number of submissions that we had, we thought, well, you know, let's go one hundred percent indigenous. If, if it's on, if it's on cousin, it's indigenous, and you'd be surprised at the quality. And the range of, of uh, talent that's that's out there, and I'm really impressed with people that you've never heard of, uh, and and they have an opportunity to be heard on on the cousin. And thank you for saying that, Bert, because that's uh, where else I wanted to go with that opportunity for artists that aren't getting played anywhere else. They're not getting that opportunity, even though, like you said, the talent, the quality, the production values are all there, but there just isn't anywhere. Uh, maybe it's because of of the lyrical content that is is specific to indigenous issues, or or just just might be uh, uh, too niche, you know. <laughs> maybe it's talking about uh, going to powwows. Who know, who knows what it might be? Any number of things, uh, but but it just doesn't find its way into mainstream opportunities. So this is wonderful that that uh, you know cousin. Uh, gives their cousins a chance to get some airplay, uh, and it's it's wonderful to hear. But before you, you we go any further, I want to let everyone know that you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And uh, my guest here on Moment of Truth is Bert Crowfoot. He is the founder and CEO of the Aboriginal Multimedia Society of Alberta, standing for AMSA. And it's a pleasure to have him back on the show. We had him back on the show in uh, February-ish, around there, just after they launched Raven Radio. And because the call-out that they had for Raven Radio to uh, send in music from Indigenous artists to get played, uh, this station was born out of the call to try and get more Indigenous music out there played. Now, this is an online radio station, 
it's it's all online so it's a global radio station essentially yeah at um at AMSA, we we have a studio in Calgary, and it's got a production and a broadcast studio, so it's got two there. In Edmonton, we have four studios, Ravens Production and Broadcast, as well as uh, CFWE's Production and Broadcast. So people are coming in, if they're using studios, their production is happening in those if, the, if it's done in here. Most of it is done at home. The other thing that we found, and you were talking about it earlier, is the sound, right? Mm. People, it's it's too niche. People don't understand what don't understand indigenous humor. Mm. One of the things we found is that we used to have in non-indigenous uh, uh, producers that that kind of lo- overlooked radio, and we had a, a, a couple of people from the community that would be on air and they would say, uh, you know, uh, let's go fishing in the bus, and the they were told no. Mm-hmm. You say fish, fish, mm-hmm. not fish. Mm-hmm. You say bush, not bus. Right. And so that kind of took away from the energy. And, and you know, one of our uh, mottos is it sounds like coming home. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is we've, you know, when radio first started, we wanted to sound professional. So we brought in yeah. people to clean, to, to, uh, make sure that everything was done smooth and it sounded great, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes it goes too far and it takes away what we're all about. Yeah. And, you know, we're indigenous people. And mm. if I talk to you, you know, Hey cousin, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sure. But a lot of times if you talk to a non-indigenous person who doesn't understand <laughs> our right. world, they kind of look at you funny and, you know, like yeah. is everybody, your cousin, you know, kind of, uh, kind of, quizzical and so what we found is that no we want to sound we want that sound and so everybody that we've got on air is indigenous uh you know everything that we do is 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 for people and like indigenous humor some people kind of look at you we've got a snagging hour on uh (laughs) on cousin with uh love songs and you know right the disclaimer is uh you know cousin is not responsible for divorces uh pregnancies and other things as a result of this uh, hour and it's it's humor that you hear all the time in indigenous countries so we want to bring laughing we want to bring that back onto the air so that you know, if you're listening, you know it's an Indian that's on the air. I can't help but think now that we're talking about this breaking of, of borders as, to some degree and, and taking things online without those terrestrial boundaries. Uh, you've already mentioned how there's some interest in uh, some people from the States. Well, gee, it doesn't necessarily have to stop there anymore, does it? We, we could be, we could be, you could be getting people uh, from around the world, from other indigenous communities, uh, you know, from down under, from New Zealand, from, uh, or the, 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 uh, the Sami people in, in Scandinavia, who knows where you might find talent that wants to present or bring a show forward. Well, that'll be another radio station we'll start on. <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep cousins strictly indigenous for Alberta, for uh, Canada, the United States, and even Mexico. Right. Well, I guess uh, we'll, you'll be back on in another six months with that radio station, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what'll happen in six months? Life is, uh, you know, it's one of the things I've always believed in is that. 
And I've always said that I'm not a very creative person. I just look at, I, I look at what's out there and see opportunities and then just move in that direction and, and try to develop things as, as they happen. Mm. So we didn't see a cousin four months ago Yeah, yeah. that the opportunity rose and, and, you know, like I said, it's, it's been exciting and, and the, uh, the limits are, are uh, the potential is unlimited. Yeah. It's very exciting stuff. Congratulations to you and everyone at the station and, and all the work that you guys are doing. Uh, I can't wait to, to check it out. I can't wait to hear what else you guys might have coming down the pipe in, in, in the next little while. And uh, I'm very excited for the, the, the opportunity that you are also giving to Indigenous artists to have their music played on this station and, and be able to be featured somewhere. I guess um, I'm, I'm guessing that if, if, you know, you might find a new artists and create some new artists, uh, you know, some new artist stars out of this, for instance. And I'm guessing that that's going to lead to potential for doing interviews that you're going to be airing with these guys and, and you know, and, and uh, getting some spotlights on some of these people as well. We have an, an hour block where we interview uh, these artists. Mm. And so it's 20 minute segments. We played two or three of their songs mm. and then they talk. Yeah. Uh, we did that for Canada Day. I oh, think yeah. we had 30 artists that we nice. uh, ran throughout the, uh, not Canada, Indigenous Day, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> wrong day, wrong color. And so um, we uh, we did that. So, yeah, we want to continue to uh, to interview people. Uh, I, I love listening to blues. And I mm-hmm. tell you, when I listen to Murray Porter, I listen to Pappy John's band. Those are all yeah. groups from down your way. Yeah. And and you know something, they're awesome. They are. They're amazing. They you are. know, we did a blue show with a guy out of uh, for the Raven out of the states, L.A. Mm-hmm. And one of our things we asked him was to do is to look at some of our indigenous artists, and he was blown away at the quality and the talent that we have out there. And yeah. that's one of the things I'm really proud of is that we're giving some of our people an opportunity to be heard elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Pappy John's band, Farron Johns, the the vocalist uh, from. I mean, he's 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 an amazing vocalist. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Murray, like you said, all those guys, and so this is is wonderful to hear and be able to to. This is just a small example of of the great talent that's out there, and so I'm I'm looking forward to be able to hear some of those new artists that are going to be maybe breaking in uh, in cousin radio. So. Uh, Bert, congratulations, and Nyao uh, and Jimmy Gwetch for coming on the show to, to share this great information. Oh, you're very welcome, and I'm, I'm you know proud and, and pleased to be given the opportunity to uh, yeah. to spread our voices on your airways. For sure. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show, always. Bert, uh, all the best. Uh, please keep us in mind if there's any uh, other news stories that are worth getting back on the show, because we'll be happy to get you back on here and talk about them. Awesome. Thank you. All right. You take care. Okay. Later. Bye. Bye-bye. That's Bert Crowfoot. He is the founder and CEO of Aboriginal Multimedia Society of Alberta. We've been talking to him about their new radio station, virtual station. It's online, cousinradio.ca. You can check it out there. And uh, as he said, you can also download the app. And that is this portion of the show. Please don't go away. We're going to be right back with more right here on Moment of Truth and Element FM. I'm your host, David Moses. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. 
Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And uh, you can also listen on the iHeartRadio app. If you download the app, punch in one of those two coordinates, and then take us with you anywhere you go. Listen anywhere you want. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome to the show Monique Lacoste. She is the co-chair of the Manitoba 150. Uh, Manitoba 150 and the Winnipeg Art Gallery uh, have teamed up together, and they're taking art on the road, I guess. They're bringing art to you. I believe that's what they're calling it. So, Monique, it's a pleasure to have you here on the show. Welcome. Well, thanks very much. And, you know, thanks to COVID, we're celebrating this uh, a year after the fact. So Mm. the actual anniversary year uh, was last year. But we think it's such a momentous uh, occasion. What the heck? It's it's worth (laughs) celebrating it over two years. That's right. It's it's worth doing twice. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, though, because it makes it one makes it more memorable for everybody. Absolutely. So it's, it's nice, I guess, to tie something that is positive to COVID? Absolutely. And, you know, we um, we had set out to have a year-long celebration mm. um, for Manitoba last year in 1870. Manitoba, by the way, is the only province in Canada to have been brought into confederation through Indigenous leadership, because, of course, it was the Métis Nation led by Louis Riel in an extremely democratic and visionary uh, way they had a council of forty people. They had Scots, they had French and English Indigenous Métis people, and they set out a list of rights. How they said we'll join Canada, but we want to do it on our terms, and these are the terms under which we will join. And uh, a, a number of the things on that list of rights are now in the Canadian Charter of Rights. They're also part of the uh, Manitoba Act. So. It was clear for us from the very beginning as a committee that we wanted to be sure, uh, though we were celebrating something that, you know, to Indigenous people might seem like, you know, part of the whole colonial experience, uh, we wanted to make sure we were bringing people together because of this landmark, but that we were celebrating the people and the place where people have lived for thousands of years. So that has been kind of the foundation on which we were building our activities. And we also wanted people to celebrate, to build, we wanted to leave a legacy, to explore the province and its history. And of course, we wanted people to learn. So this Tour 150, uh, Bringing Art to You, is just a great project, a great example of what it is we're trying to do. So the the vehicle itself, because essentially it's a mobile gallery. Right. And we call it Nakatemakewin. It's a Michif name that was gifted by a language keeper and elder, Verna de Montigny. And it means to leave something behind. Mm. And that's exactly what this is. The vehicle itself will stay with the Winnipeg Art Gallery for years to come. So it's going to be an outreach vehicle and it is set up like a little mobile gallery. So there is some uh, statue pieces in there. There's some uh, art that is either sewn or woven. uh, And it's essentially part of the tremendous Inuit art collection. Uh, You know, the WAG is known around the world for its collection and they've just opened a fantastic a building called Kamayork, a facility where they're putting the Inuit art on display and it's just 
phenomenal. So for people who can't make it to Winnipeg, we're taking the art to them. And that's wonderful. And that's what I really loved about this. And I'm so, so grateful that you explained that about Manitoba and, and coming into Confederation, that story. That's a story that is not known enough. And I'm pretty sure, given what is happening, uh, we're probably going to be hearing a lot more about that story. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, our our history is is obviously there are some some good things along the way. There's some it's a very difficult history. Mm. But I think what we've learned over the past few months uh, and weeks in particular um, is that we need to face that past. We need to face it together and we need to work together toward reconciliation. And so for us as a, as a committee that was essentially inviting people to celebrate, it, it was a really tricky time last year with COVID. And then this year, as we were just set to relaunch over the summer months, instead of taking the whole year, we're kind of focusing our celebrations between May and the end of September, um, as we know, people are not in a mood to celebrate. Mm -hmm. But a number of the things we had already planned and can continue to do are about conversations. And for example, this tour, you know, going into small towns to talk about Inuit people in <laughs> southern Manitoba is something people don't have a chance to do very often. Right. To, to look at pieces of art, to talk about art. All of these are parts of understanding who we are because we're a very diverse province. We're a large province with people kind of spread out in pockets mm. around the the province. So uh, again, this this uh, vehicle is going to go as far up as Thompson and right down to southern Manitoba. So it, it, the invitation for conversation, I think, really fits into the mindset right now. It, it reminds me, of course, very much like uh, the mobile libraries that you know travel around. It, yeah. it, is this is this very unique in terms of um, a mobile art gallery? Is this? Do we know if there's others? Well, like I would think it is. I mean, certainly, you know, in Manitoba, the Winnipeg Art Gallery is is the largest art museum we have, uh, the jewel and the crown, really, mm -hmm. for Winnipeg. And they like to be known as Manitoba's mm -hmm. art museum, right, right. but they have, find it difficult to get out. Mm -hmm. So to have a dedicated vehicle like this, I don't know that we're in a position to say we're the first, but I would say it's quite unique. And, you know, the beauty too is that we uh, we were able to do this, of course, through partnerships and yes. Manitoba 150 is only made possible through the funding and partnerships of a number of organizations. Mm -hmm. And in this case, you know, when you think of small towns, you think of the buildings that are you, you can count on finding in every town, and you can pretty well always think that there's going to be a credit union. And sure <laughs> enough, the credit unions of Manitoba are the main partner for this program. And I think it's just so beautiful. And uh, there was also the Birchwood Group, um, which is uh, a dealership, a car dealership in town, which provided the vehicle itself. And then it was all outfitted. So uh, unique, yes, and I would imagine many museums would like to be able to take their shows on the road, uh, especially after COVID. You know, we've mm. done a lot of virtual programming, mm -hmm. but I think people are going to be really happy to get out, to look at, touch, to have conversations 
in person. I bet they are. I'm glad you mentioned the credit unions because when you said that, I went, yeah, that makes perfect sense that they're involved with this for sure. Absolutely. We're so happy they said yes and got involved. And they're very excited about it too because, you know, what we've discovered uh, through the the organization of Manitoba 150 is how many um, corporations, organizations, not-for-profits are all looking for ways to engage themselves in in discussions around reconciliation, to connect with Indigenous communities. And it's it's not always easy to just pick up and say, now what are we going to do? So Manitoba 150 has been a conduit uh, for that sort of thing. Another program we launched uh, in June is the Blanket Invitation. Mm. So have you heard of the Blanket Exercise? It's, it was launched by Kairos, which is a faith-based organization. It's yes. a not-for-profit that worked with elders to come up with this very experiential one-day event where you learn about the effects of colonization on Indigenous people. And so we've partnered with the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce, the Manitoba Chamber of Commerce, and a Francophone youth group to give 50 of these free over the next few months to allow as many Manitobans and leaders in particular the opportunity to take this session and then perhaps bring it into their organizations. Again, getting people talking about reconciliation. Wonderful. Wow. You've got uh, lots of involvement, lots of things going on around this. It's not just about art. That's right. I mean, we, we love art and, yeah. and culture because it's a sure. great way to bring people together. But there right. are other ways, too, that we can do it for sure. The Inuit Art Gallery that that was recently launched. Was it last year? It was actually this year. This year. So, yeah, it was actually kind of uh, part of the inaugural inaugural year uh, celebrations. So, uh, you know, it kind of, again... Um, the planets aligned to a degree because we were set to do this last year. The, the Kamayork wouldn't have been ready at the time. Uh-huh. And to be to be uh, perfectly uh, accurate, at the beginning, we were going to ask the, uh, the uh, WAG, the Winnipeg Art Gallery, to take 150 pieces from their collection that represented, you know, a number of different moments in time and different cultures and different types of art and bring those 150 pieces into the mobile gallery and bring it around. Then COVID happened. Then Calma York was able to open, which is the Indigenous Arts Centre, and so the Inuit Arts Centre. And so they said, well, let's bring Calma York to Manitoba. And so that's how we ended up specifically on the Inuit pieces, which is just phenomenal. And, and that gallery, um, I mean, it got a lot of attention and it looks stunning, if I'm not mistaken. It really is. You know, um, it obviously is tiny. It's in the back of, mm. a, of a large van. Right. Well, I would say it would be uh, one of the RV type vehicles, you know, um, but it's been set up in a way with curators and the experts at the WAG. So it can both safely store the pieces below, but then you have, as you would in a gallery, kind of the glass, um, the glass um, uh, exhibits, you know, where you look down onto pieces all the way around the mm-hmm. vehicle. And then on the walls, you ha- and you have the pieces of artwork that are either painted or woven. And then you have the lighting that makes it uh, sing. And we have three fantastic um, students, summer students, mm. who are taking this on the road. So 
They know about the pieces. They're engaging with people and they have activity books for kids. The whole idea is just to get people involved and do something they probably never have done like this in their town. <laughs> That's for sure. It sounds great. And, and now you've brought in another element, and that is element is of, of helping employ students for the summer with this as well, right? For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's quite remarkable that Manitoba 150 uh, has relied on the smallest but mightiest of teams. We have a, uh, a we were originally, I think, seven employees. Uh, I sit on the volunteer board, but we have seven uh, people that were working full time on this. And through COVID, we had to pare that down. And there are four full time employees. So the addition of three summer students has been really fantastic. Uh, so their main um, role is to take uh, Tour 150 on the road, but uh, they've also been helpful in the past month or so as as we've been preparing for this busy time. Mm. It must have been fun to work on, first of all, to try and get this set up to do, right? Absolutely. That must have been great. Yeah. But you just mentioned the lighting. I'm sure that the suspension and, and all kinds of things had to be looked at to make this vehicle uh, safe as, all, as well as a secure, you know, all of those kind of things. But uh, but it's really it's it's quite a quite a like you say a unique idea um, and and it has a, a lot of great potentials like you say it's it's something that's going to be basically going out year after year so it can uh, take new pieces out to show them absolutely and I think that's the the wag's intention is to change it up over time depending on you know new exhibits or you know if they decide to to focus educational efforts. Um, on on certain types of art or certain pieces, they can quickly change it up and take it on the road. You can imagine the potential for schools. And we had uh, begun, uh, I think we had about a week and a half in uh, when we launched in at the end of May or sometime in May. And um, they, uh, wouldn't you know, the schools closed because of COVID. So um, it had been very successful and it had been booked right through to the end of June. Uh, so again, as so many people did through COVID, you know, the, the students quickly made a virtual program and they were able to uh, deliver it online uh, in the days before they hit the road to, mm. to hit uh, small town Manitoba. But uh, the good news is I, I think there are going to be so many opportunities and so many ways that they can use this vehicle uh, and that Manitoba 150, which was, you know, a temporary organization, could leave this as a legacy is is just a <laughs> it's it's a gift to us to know that we're not just having a party, putting yeah. on some fireworks and walking away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And when you said education, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, it's wonderful. It really is. And I think for the, the Winnipeg Art Gallery, as I say, who who really feel that they are Manitoba's mm. art museum. Yeah. Um, to say that is one thing to have to be able to jump in a vehicle and go <laughs> and show the pieces you have just brings it to another level, you know, so they're over the moon and we just couldn't be happier. Yeah, for sure. Now, is there is there anything else you can think of around the idea of the 150 or the art gallery or or what you're doing that we haven't touched on that that you think we have to know about? 
Well, you know, again, I, I go back to the beginning where we talked about the Métis Nation mm. uh, being instrumental in bringing Manitoba into confederation. And we were trying to think of ways to incorporate that and where people could learn about that story. Because as you say, uh, even in Manitoba, so many people do not know this story. And so in St. Boniface, which is in the heart of Winnipeg, it's mm. a neighborhood now, but mm. once upon a time, it was a city on its own. And before that, it was the Red River Colony. And... Wow. Uh, uh, there is a museum, the Musée Saint-Boniface Saint um, Museum, and they have the largest collection of Louis Riel artifacts in the country. Wow. And so we were able to partner with an organization to allow people to visit that museum for free for an entire year. Wow. So the idea is, please make this as accessible as possible. Go find out about this history. Find out about the beginnings uh, and of course, the beginnings of Manitoba go far further back than 1870. Yeah. Um, but again, this this story is told at St. Boniface Museum. Again, unfortunately, with COVID, uh, it's just been shut down time and again. But they're on the verge of opening again, and they will keep it open for a full year. So beautiful opportunities. And I invite people who might be thinking of rediscovering their country mm. uh, to give Manitoba a second look, because I think we're often overlooked as a place where you get, you, you go through Manitoba to get somewhere. <laughs> That's right. um, but I encourage you to stop because there are some lovely places along the way, uh, amazing attractions and much to learn and explore. The cultural and art scene is second to none. So hopefully we'll get a few people to stop by and say hello. That that sounds great, and of course you're right. Um, there there is much to learn, and and it it certainly should be discovered. But you know that story you were just sharing about Louis Riel, he wasn't he known as a traitor, and that was right removed recently, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and you know it's an interesting thing, and I, I I'm not a historian; I'm just a lover of history. But mm. um, there are different uh, ways of seeing uh, the change how how Riel should be recognized today. You know, when we celebrated the 100th anniversary of Manitoba in 1970, uh, Riel was still considered a traitor. And here we are in uh, 2020 and 21, making sure that people remember, like, he is the father, he is the first premier of Manitoba. Times have changed a lot, you know, (laughs) when you think about that. Um, There are some people in the Métis community who do not want... Um, the particularly his guilty status, they don't want him to be pardoned because they feel that, and the, the term is, they want the stain to remain. Mm. They find that in the, you know, in the spirit of our history is a checkered one and has had some difficult moments, that it's important that we remember that for a very long time, the Métis people were looked down upon. People went underground like my family and didn't recognize that they were Métis for generations. Uh, And that's because Riel was viewed as a traitor and uh, they were discriminated against. Some people feel it's important that we remember that dark chapter. Um, You know, time will tell whether one day, uh, you know, they will remove that guilty plea and um, make it uh, known that he was, uh, whether he be pardoned completely or, but I think the very fact that we're talking about it and that people find out a little more about the visionary uh, leader that he was and the people who surrounded him, including a few of my ancestors who were at the table, Mm. uh, it's, it's a very 
fascinating chapter of our history and a hopeful one, I think, because there was a lot of conflict then, but there was also a spirit of, um, I would say, um, diversity and bringing people together and making sure everyone had their place. Yeah, and and that whole story about him being a traitor and not re, you know letting the stain remain uh, certainly would allow for that conversation to continue to discuss right. to remember. It, it yeah. reminds me of conversations around residential schools where um, you know should they be removed and just wiped out and 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 there's that conversation about no they should remain so that history is not forgotten that they are a sign of that history that it remains the one thing i'm going to add and to end maybe or to to talk on a celebratory note is that we have one big concert planned uh at the end of august because you know manitoba has put out some amazing talent over the years Mm -hmm. people like burton cummings and the guess who and tom cochran uh, chantal krebiazuk i'm not saying they're in the concert per se (laughs) uh, but we're going to have an amazing lineup of of people from all walks of life uh, many different cultures many indigenous uh, artists will be there and we're planning a spectacular opening uh, sequence that uh, is called the creation story mm. that talks about how Manitoba came to be well before mm. we joined Confederation. Oh. It's going to be artistic. It's going to be beautiful and it will be streamed online. So if people want to know what is available beyond Manitoba's borders, there might be people who are from Winnipeg yeah, yeah, yeah. or Manitoba listening sure. now. You can always go to Manitoba150.com and you'll be able to get all the details. The concert itself is August 28th and it's called Unite 150. Okay, that's great to know, and 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 that's fabulous. I really appreciate you you sharing that information about that coming up later in the the year, August twenty eighth. That's correct. So people can go online to Manitoba one hundred and fifty to find out more about the details. And you know that's the other thing about COVID that I think has allowed even this probably conversation to take place is that we're we're all zooming so much uh the borders have come down it's really just a matter of of time zones and things you know whether we can now participate in something live you know or or, or if we go to look at it later but uh in in some ways you know covid has brought us closer together in in that regard i totally agree with you and you know for us uh with a big city called Winnipeg, which has about half the population of the province. Mm. One of our big challenges was bringing Manitoba 150 to other communities across Manitoba. And so uh, in the end, COVID kind of helped us because a lot of the programming has had to be live streamed or had a virtual component, or we've had to think of ways to do things differently, which has made them more accessible. And from the beginning, Unite 150 was supposed to be live streamed uh, through Bell MTS, and that will continue to happen. There's also potential for uh, a later date um, TV uh, kind of uh, um, a montage, you know, right. uh, of yep. of the concert. So sure. you can stay tuned for that. That may come in the fall. Um, but yeah, you're right in saying, you know, we have to look for the silver lining in things. And COVID has given us a few. And again, if we can get people to talk about Manitoba, to discover it um, even beyond our borders, that's a wonderful thing. Yes. Now, I just want to go back to something. As I was thinking this as you were you were saying it, and I just want to be clear. So the concert is going to be a live concert. 
It is a live concert that will be held on a big stage. Who will be present remains a bit of a mystery for now. It's going to depend on the evolving uh, situation in Manitoba, which currently is looking good. Uh, Given vaccination rates and uh, what the COVID situation is, Mm -hmm. we might have a few hundred or thousand people, or it may be a full um, venue. We haven't launched the official venue yet. Um, But regardless of the number of people live, it will be streaming. So uh, it'll be like a concert and the number, it'll be kind of like hockey games these days. Sometimes fans (laughs) are in the stands. Sometimes there are a lot. Sometimes there are a few. We'll roll the dice and see where it lands. And sometimes that we'll all be cut out, uh, you know, characters. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, you guys have uh, a lot on the on your plate and a lot of things happening, and it's all sounding very exciting. So it sounds like you guys uh, have a couple of a very exciting months coming up. Yeah, we're really excited about it. And again, you know, uh, we've asked ourselves, I can't tell you how many times, is it okay right now to be celebrating? But I think our hearts really want to celebrate as as difficult a moment as this is for Indigenous communities and Canada as a whole, uh, either either because of the discoveries recently mm. uh, of, of uh, these um, these cemeteries and all the hurt that comes along with it, yep. or COVID and what we've all been through and the economy and how difficult it is. I think we're all ripe for a big party. <laughs> and so we're hoping that by the time the concert comes at the end of August, the planets will align and we'll all come together in celebration and uh, we had had a grandmother um, named Geraldine Shingus Mm. speak at one of our events and she said that she hoped that Manitoba 150 would bring us closer to the land we call home and closer to each other and really that's what we've always wanted and hopefully by the end of this summer Like I say, planets will align and we'll feel that we got that job done. You know, in regard to what you were just saying there about uh, coming together and and those kind of things uh, and celebrating, um, even though there is the the very unfortunate heartbreak of the things that we are finding out about the residential schools and the unmarked graves, and we're going to continue to see those things because other communities are doing the same kind of research. They're doing that. We're going to find out more about this. It's not going to be easy to take, and it's it's going to be tough for people to, as they're finding out now, really realizing uh, that this was fact. This really happened here. And Canada is waiting, waking up to that uh, in, in a very unfortunate, sobering effect. But it sounds like what you guys are doing is really, you know, celebrating those good things and and including everyone. Right. I just forgot one other, you know, it's so true in saying we've really, we've, we've made an effort. We've made many efforts to try and be as inclusive as possible and to make sure that our, the Indigenous roots of Manitoba uh, shine through. And one of the ways we've done that that I haven't talked about, and I'll do it very quickly, is uh, we met with Elder Dave Corshain, who has a center for healing called Turtle Lodge. Mm. And his wish was that we would have one of the legacy projects would be videos uh, about the seven sacred laws, ah. the seven sacred teachings. Right. And so we were able to partner with Canada Life and bring these seven animated videos to life. Uh, and they are just spectacular. And you can find them online. Just uh, Google Turtle Lodge or um, 
the seven sacred laws uh, okay. and or Manitoba 150 and you'll yeah. find them um, and they're being used in classrooms already. We just launched them a few uh, a few weeks ago. So again, another way that Manitoba 150 is leaving a legacy and and working with people. We've learned so much through this process. Uh, it's been uh, it's just been phenomenal. Well, it sounds wonderful, and, and I just want to say uh, thank you, uh, Chimiguech, and, and uh, merci for joining me to talk about this, Monique. Uh, it's been uh, wonderful. I'm glad we were able to connect online to, to share these wonderful things that you guys have going on. So, uh, again, thank you so much for, for taking the time to join me on the show. Well, thank you, David. Miigwech and merci. Okay, so you take care, and I'll certainly be looking for all this stuff. And that concert coming up on August 28th sounds like uh, it's going to be a lot of interesting guests that you're, you've got lined up there. So, Absolutely. Okay, thank you once again. That's Monique Lacoste. She's the uh, co-chair of the Manitoba 150, and we've been talking to her about the events that they have going on this summer and with their mobile art gallery that's uh, going to be going out in tour across the province of Manitoba and uh, that's in conjunction with the Winnipeg Art Gallery so some wonderful things they have going on so check them out online you can check it out at Manitoba 150 and that is our show for today I'm your host David Moses thank you for listening we'll see you again tomorrow this has been Moment of Truth with David Moses Element 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 FM